Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Brian Ward. Hallelujah. I think that young man has got a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. Pray for that generation that they're raised up in the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So they'll be the ones as they go to school talking about the things of God, what's happened in their lives. Hallelujah. A happy Father's Day to all who are fathers here this morning. Grandfathers, fathers, godfathers. We have one spiritual father. But we all have a spiritual father. God the Father. God the Father. And if you don't know him today, he's maybe just saying to you this morning, you know, just come. Come and have that relationship with me. Come and have that community with me. Because it's because of that love, the love that we've been talking about. There's a, a righteousness. There's a depth. There's, a, there's something of a heaviness, if you like. There's a weightiness of God as a father that he so desires more than we ever know to have that new relationship with those that yet don't know him. And for those of us that do, as Shona was saying, there's a hunger and thirst to know him more, to go deeper in him. Not for our own sakes, but so something that we can take out into our communities, that we take down in our road, that we can take down in our neighbourhood, that we can take into our shopping malls, that we can take into our, our workplaces. And that's about the, the love of God. Praise God. He never disappoints. He never disappoints. We sometimes put things on him that, uh, that feels like he's disappointed us, but it's us that needs to change, to step out of our disappointment into his glorious riches, into his glorious love, into his glorious goodness. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm really excited, you know, there's... Um, for many weeks and months, really, that we've been here as a family of God, from maybe last September to now, there's, there's something that God is moving within the people. And as I look out there, I see a people of faith. I see a people who are going for Jesus. I see a people that want to let others know about that love that's changed your lives. And again, I, I just want to emphasize the fact this morning that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know him as that personal Savior or Lord, and you want that relationship, don't go this morning without talking to somebody within the church. There's plenty of people here that know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And uh, this excitement, this, I don't know, we've got to believe in feelings. And before I say any more, I have uh, was asked by Joyce that if she could come forward and give a message, uh, a short notice. So I'm going to do that before I carry on, because otherwise, uh, uh, yeah, come on, Joyce, come and give this. It's tremendous anyway, because it's just to do with uh, more that God's doing in this place. Joyce, thanks. Um, on Tuesday afternoon here, well, upstairs, at 1.30, I'm going to be teaching on blood covenant. Uh, this is a really major theme in God's word Amen. and it's so crucial that we understand the importance of the blood of Jesus and the importance of covenant throughout the whole Bible so some of you have heard it before you're very welcome to come and hear it again mm. for those who haven't heard it you're very welcome to come 
please come 1.30 Tuesday afternoon upstairs. Thanks, Joyce. Praise God. So 1.30 Tuesday afternoon. I've heard the teaching before and it's tremendous teaching. And even if you've heard it before, get there if you can because it's worth going to. Thank you, Joyce. Yeah, so there's this, uh, an excitement I see within the church, not just in here in Kingdom Faith, but in the church nationwide, in the church nationally, internationally, of what God is doing amongst his people. And there's an excitement buzzing. I, I know we're, we're not in a time of revival, but what I believe is we're on that precipice of, of, of just coming over with that waterfall, that river of the, the, the living water of God, if you like, the river that comes down from heaven that flows through us. Uh, it's... I just see like a cascading in the spirit over every town, over every nation, over every people group. And um, there's an excitement uh, of of just wanting to see that more and more in this town of Scarborough and in the surrounding areas along the coast and wherever you may live yourselves, over this nation. It's time that the people came to know who Jesus is. It's time to know... That the Father God who created all things is here for a specific purpose. And that's have a relationship back with those he, who he created. And there's something that each of us carries that, um, that God puts in us. That, that river of life, that, 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 that source if you like. Um, Chloe was speaking about where does your source come from? Uh, about jumping in the river, being in the river, not sitting on the river bank. And that we go with the flow of God. That we go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. And it's all one. We have the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we need each of it. It's a, the, the love of a, of a Father that we will look at. It's the, the love of Jesus Christ, of what He did for us. That He's the one that made the way for us to have this relationship back with God the Father. And that we can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. That uh, dunamis, if you like. Um, is it dunamis? Dynamite. The power of the Holy Spirit within us. It's a fire that wells up in your bellies. Have you got the fire of God in your bellies this morning? Don't let it go to a little, a little flame. Keep stoking that fire. Holy Spirit, come in me this morning. Let me come and have your way with me this morning. Direct me. Show me who to speak to. Show me what I can do. Let me be that shining light in my workplace. Let me be that shining light wherever I go. And so there's a desire. There's a passion. And um, do we know him as he knows us? I know Claire spoke on that. About knowing God. How, 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 How much do we actually know God? As he knows us. Do we take time out to spend time with the Father? Time in the word. Time in prayer. Just having that time. My time is starting to increase with God. I I praise God for that. Before I used to get up with my alarm clock at 6 o'clock. To get ready to go to work. For uh, start work at half 7. So I used to maybe have half an hour with the Lord. Or something like that. 45 minutes. Between me having. Getting up going downstairs and then just spending time with him and then spending time in the car worshipping. But uh, more recently, I'm waking up at five o'clock. And I know, I know that's the same for some of you guys. God may be waking you up at an earlier time. But don't, don't turn over and go back to sleep. Make, make the most of that time. Ask God 
what, you know, it's, it's great to have a, this morning time, you know, more time with God. So praise God. What do we know? Um, I want to speak this morning, really, because out of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't just have the power, but it's got to come from the Father, which is a love and a compassion, if you like, the compassion of the Father's heart. So what do we know about compassion? What is compassion? Anybody? Not yet, no. What is compassion? Anybody? Love? Love's a good one, yeah, love. Sorry? Unconditional love, love. Any other words? Come on, compassion. Come on, all you scholars in here. (laughs) What do you know about, what is compassion? Sorry? Caring for others. Okay, so um, I'm going to... Dictionary definition for compassion then. So we said love, didn't we? It's love, caring for our others, sympathy, understanding, charity, which is like love, pity, humanity, mercy, heart, quarter, sorrow, kindness, tenderness, condolence, clemency, commiseration, fellow feeling, soft-heartedness, tender-heartedness, a deep awareness of the suffering of another accompanied by the wish to relieve it. Is that the compassion we're carrying in ourselves that the Father has for us? Have we got that same compassion for those around us? A deep awareness of the suffering of another accompanied by the wish to relieve it. Compassion is a rich emotional word in English. Not surprisingly, it is a rendering of a number of different emotive words expressed in both Hebrew and Greek. It is also a relatively rare word that only occurs in 39 verses, divided almost equally between the New and the Old Testament. In total, it renders 10 different words, 4 Hebrew and 6 Greek. I'm not going to go into them all today, praise God. (laughs) But I'd like to look at two of them, and the rest you can take for yourselves, okay? You can do your own word study on compassion and find out what the other Hebrew words or Greek words are. The Hebrew word I want to look at today is racham. In the singular, it means womb. In the plural, it is compassion. Racham, it's a Hebrew word. You can sense a compassion that a mother has when she's carrying a child, if you like, in her womb. A compassion that the Father God has for us. On eight occasions, this word is rendered compassion, and on seven of those, it describes God having compassion upon his people, and on the eighth, it describes a woman's relationship to her son as an illustration of God's relationship to his own people. That compassion, that love, that caring for, that reaching out. Rakum is the adjective to be compassionate. So who'd like to pronounce a Greek word here? <laughs> Come on, you Greek scholars. Splagnizomai. Say it, splagnizomai. 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 Can we say it, church? Splagnizomai. Very good. 
splagnesomai. It is a first encountered in Matthew in 936. We're going to look at some of these in a minute. And it is the Lord Jesus feeling the emotion. The, see, it affects your emotions. Compassion isn't just um, a feeling that just is there. It affects our emotions. It is what do we do with that compassion? Thayer tells us that the word literally means to be moved in the bowel. There's a depth and thus means com- compassion by extension. The word occurs 17 times in the New Testament. And when it is not rendered compassion, it is rendered moved. The Hebrew word then for compassion is rakam. Let us turn to Psalm 103. <clears throat> praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. What have we been doing this morning? Praising his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. That's what Peter was on about when he came up. About God, want, God forgiving our sins. No matter what sin it is, he forgives all our sins if we go to him and we repent. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He crowns us with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed because of his compassion. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel because of his compassion. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Praise God for that. Can we say thank you, Jesus? He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love. So great is his compassion for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. We need to be a church with godly fear. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in a field. The wind blows over and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting, I said from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love, the Lord's compassion is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. With with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. What were we declaring this morning? His rule and reign knows no end. We need to be in the right kingdom, church. The people in Scarborough need to be in the right kingdom. The people in Hummerby need to be in the right kingdom. The people in Scarborough need to know the compassion of God. The people in Hummerby need to know the compassion of God. The people of Yorkshire need to know the compassion of God. Our nation needs to know the compassion of God. The last one in the Old Testament is Psalm 145. Verse 
verse 8, it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. This is from the NIV. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion and all he has made. He has compassion on all that he has made. All his creation he has a compassion for. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. So all the men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Wow, were we not declaring that this morning? (laughs) Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. From the oldest that's sitting here to the youngest that's in the crash, throughout all generations, for those who have gone before us, for those who are still to come, for all generations, for all generations, for all generations. His dominion. His dominion. His dominion. Praise God. Going on to the Greek, the Splagnesomai. There's a few scriptures here I'd just like us to look at. Uh, starting in Matthew 14. So there's something about the compassion of God. Or what we're reading about this morning. It's a compassion, as I said, it's not just about feelings, but it's a, an emotion that tends to move us into action, to do things. God didn't just sit on his emotions of compassion, or Jesus didn't just sit saying, well, I feel really sorry for these people, I'll go on my way. You tend to find that through compassion, it brings something for us to do. It brings an action, a need to fulfill in someone's life. Matthew 14, you got that, David, all? This is from the New Living Translation. That's it, lovely. As soon as Jesus had, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. You know, this was the news that his best friend... John the Baptist had just been beheaded. His disciples had just come to him with that news. And certainly when we get sort of news like that, then sometimes it's, we just want to be on our own and to find a quiet place, a remote area. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. When Jesus saw the huge crowds as he stepped from the boat, he got back in the boat and he went back to the other side. Is that right? He had compassion on them. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. He saw those that were sick amongst the crowd. Although he may have been in a time of mourning and wanting to be with the father because his best friend John the Baptist had just been beheaded, he saw the compassion on a crowd and he saw the sick in the crowd. 
And he says, my compassion drives me to touch you and say, healed in Jesus' name. The compassion of Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. The compassion of Jesus. Take hold of that compassion this morning. If you're sick this morning, allow the compassion of Jesus to touch you. Healed in Jesus' name. Madam, I don't know your name. I don't know if you're healthy or wealthy or who you are. But I just sense the compassion of Jesus coming upon you. Any illness. Anything from the past, we just say that compassion of Jesus is upon you. What's your name? Rose. Rose. Oh, just thank you for Rose. And we just thank you for that love and compassion you have for us. You touch down into our heart, Lord. Well, your heart's been broken in the past, Rose. The compassion and love of the Father never lets you down. And there's a healing, there's been a healing going on, I think. And there's that compassion and love that you'll take to others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The compassion of Jesus. Hallelujah. He had a compassion and he healed the sick. He stepped off the boat. When we step out from our front door, we step into our workplace. What compassion are we carrying with those around us? Is that a compassion that drives us to go and talk to somebody? Is that a compassion that drives us? The compassion of Jesus that drives us to go and help somebody with their shopping or walk with somebody across the road? or Let the Holy Spirit talk to you about the compassion of Jesus. I missed one out, didn't I, Dave? That's why you, you had to flick one. My apologies. Mate. We're going back to Matthew 9. <coughs> Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus travelled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, guess what? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. He said to the disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. You know, as well as the compassion of him here uh, in healing diseases, of people with diseases and sicknesses and illnesses, he's also had compassion to tell people about the good news. But he also had compassion to see over a people who were lost, who had no shepherd. How many people do we know that are lost without a shepherd? The shepherd is Jesus Christ. That's the compassion. The compassion within him that moves him. That he sees a a people without a shepherd. He said to the disciples, the harvest is great. I'm not sure if this was prior to him sending out the disciples. But we need us as a church today. The church of today needs to be going out. I don't mean about particular missions to Africa or wherever God may call individuals. I'm talking about our own harvest field. What is our harvest field? Each of us has a harvest field. We come across people who are lost without a shepherd. 
what is that compassion within us that's going to do something about it? Matthew 18. I don't think you got this one, Dave, so don't worry. Matthew 18, uh, chapter 18, uh, in the New American Standard Bible. It says, uh, a slave, it's about the slave who owned his master a thousand talents. You probably know the story. And the master calls him in, and he's going to put his wife and family in prison and himself into prison unless he pays the, uh, the um, thousand talents back to him. And he, in a way, he's begging the master, he's seeking the master, saying, look, I do not have the money to pay you back. It's like, have mercy upon me. It's that compassion again of Christ, a a compassion that he sees over all of us. The times when we need to call out, have mercy upon me, Lord. Have mercy upon me. And what happened was that he, 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 he released him, if you like. He let him off. From paying the thousand, uh, the thousand, ten thousand talents back, he felt compassion. The compassion then, uh, re- the, the compassion that rose within him, released the slave from being a, at first a slave, and then it also he forgave him for the ten thousand talents. So you don't have to pay that as well. So out of compassion, there's something that happens. The master had compassion on him. He released him from being a slave and also released him from the 10,000. He, 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 he cancelled the debt. Have we not got a father who cancels our debt? The Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us. So there's something within the compassion of Christ within me, within us. That we need to forgive those around us at times to say, forgiven, released, go, be free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Have we got that compassion for others that might do things to us? This morning, church, I don't have the answers. I don't have it right in my own life. It's what God is working through me. Okay, we need to work together as a church family as we encourage one another in these areas. It's not every day we may have a conversation with somebody. It's not every day. But surely our compassion, our heart's desire is to be more like Christ. And as we become more like Christ, the compassion will flow. It will urge us to do things for others. It will see what we see in front of us are people without a shepherd it'll see the sick it'll see the needy it'll see those that need that compassion we're a work in progress church you know God's bigger than me or any of us here and when we get it wrong he just picks us up and he says let's try again tomorrow tomorrow's a new day his mercies are new every day his compassion is new every day we had a great opportunity after speaking to, praying for somebody in Next Shop uh, a few weeks ago after the conference. Uh, as we went to Scotland last weekend, 
Claire had given me this word about, um, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it's, there'll be opportunities even when you go to Perth to be able to pray for people. And this couple in the street stopped us. And, um, you know, you travel 600 miles and somebody stops you in the street in Perth. And uh, they're talking about our grandchildren. Oh, I'm looking at Shona trying to get a hint of who these people were. They're quite an elderly couple. And I'll go, Lord, who is this? And I said, oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, because when you don't know the names, you just make conversations, don't you? Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, how are you doing? You know, oh, it's lovely, yes. And um, and how's it going in York? I says, York. I says, fairly well, I think. I says, um, but Scarborough's doing really well. <laughs> and um, Shona says to her, oh, how are you anyway? And we, we still don't know the names or who these people are. And she says, oh, uh, I've not been keeping so good. Uh, uh, I think she'd broken her hip, wasn't it, Shona? And she'd, she's recovering from that and in a lot of pain. And I goes, oh, I was really sorry to hear that. And um, anyway, great to see you guys, you know, <laughs> whoever you are. <laughs> great to see you. Have a great day. And just as I walked away, the Spirit of God just hit me, you know. An opportunity that I could have prayed for this lady. And it, eventually we realized that as um, friends uh, that had been with us in the church when we were up in Perth. And because of the time scale of 10 years of not being back there, you know, people age quite considerably. So when they put their photos on Facebook, they're looking like 30 years younger to what they actually are in the, in the physical. So make sure you update your profile pictures, you guys. There's me at the age of three. No, actually, I, I've got Noah and Zach on my, uh, on my status page, I think. But yeah, so, but yeah and um, it's Nancy and... Um, Who was it? I've forgotten his name now. But it's, it's just that opportunity, you know, when you, you walk away from a situation, you think, oh, what an opportunity to have prayed for her, to have laid hands on her. I mean, we prayed for her anyway, because God's bigger than that one moment. But it's just realizing that even when we're out from Scarborough, when we go on holiday, expect God to work through us. He's not limited by geographical location. He's everywhere. <laughs> but we need to be aware of that ourselves, thinking, well, I might be in holiday mode or something. But no, God wants me to make, uh, for us to maybe pray for this couple. But hey-ho, we move on to another day for another opportunity. So, praise God. Yeah, so... Within Matthew there, the 10,000 talents, you know, and then we all know what happened to him. He went and then there's someone that owed him money and he didn't have that compassion that his master had over him. It brings a warning really, church, that if we don't have that compassion, you know, we may start to judge in our own understanding and in our own strength. And we can't do that to people. We need to be operating in who God has made us a new creation in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it comes with a warning that, you know, because someone might forgive me, but then I might go and demand something of someone else. But that's not God. That's not his compassion. So we need that compassion of 
of what is done to us, let us do it to others. Luke 7, chapter, verse 13. Just two more scriptures and then we'll, we'll wrap it. <clears throat> you got the 11 to 17 there. Um, have you got the whole scripture there? Uh, thanks. Another journey that Jesus was on, and it says, Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. Isn't it wonderful, you know, when Jesus went anywhere, there's always a large crowd. I'm waiting for the day that as we go out from this place, there's a large crowd following us because the presence of God is so tangible that they want something of Jesus. I say, Who are you guys? <laughs> What's this crowd behind? Sorry? More than Theresa May, amen. More than Theresa May. So soon afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow, uh, was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. It's quite something, you know, at someone's funeral to say, don't cry, isn't it? Wow. Don't cry, he said. I think because Jesus knew what the outcome was going to be. Don't cry, he said. The young man, he said. I, uh, then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited the people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. You know, there's an overflow of compassion, not just compassion, but there's an overflow of compassion here. And what happens when the overflow of compassion touches a natural... The supernatural overcomes the natural. Do we see that? From the overflow of compassion, he says, don't cry. He gave a command, don't cry. He then walked over to the coffin and touched it. From the overflow of compassion. From the supernatural, something stops with the natural. The pole bearers stopped still, didn't they? It says they stood still. Those that were carrying the coffin. There's something about the presence of God, his compassion, that stops the natural. Things in the natural just seem to stop because the supernatural is greater than the natural. And what happens here is that the boy's life is returned to him and he's given back to his parents. But through that, there's great rejoicing about this man, Jesus. There's great rejoicing to God. It's, it's all Him. It's all Jesus. It's all God. But it's His compassion through His people that we expect with the supernatural within us, the natural changes around us. 
let us not keep focused on the natural because that just makes us go down. But when we move with a compassion, when we move with that love, when we move with that mercy, when we move with the compassion of God overflowing out of us like the river of life, the supernatural overcomes the natural around us. It's a bit like a time freeze for the natural as the supernatural comes, collides with it. And finally, I think it's quite apt really for today. Luke 15, verse 20 to 24. This one is... Uh, it's headed the parable of the lost son. I'm not going to change the title like so many speakers might. The parable of the loving father. Or <laughs> Let's just keep it as a parable of the lost son. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf, and we'll be, uh, we'll be fast. Uh, we'll kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead, and now has returned to life. When we look at from the son's position of coming back, it is one of remorse, it is one of sadness, it is one, look, I'll do anything to come back into the family. But what is the compassion of the father in this? He doesn't have ears to hear for what his son is saying. He only has eyes to see that he is his son. So for all the sons in this house today, sons and daughters, you know what I mean by sons. Ladies, I'm not excluding you. Sons, the sonship of Christ. As the Father looks upon the sons, whatever we do that isn't of God, the Father doesn't change because of that. His love remains the same. His compassion for you remains the same. Our actions don't alter God's compassion and love, the Father's love for his family. All our actions do that aren't of God is separates me from that love and compassion of the Father. Yet when I repent and turn around and come back to the Father, he still hasn't changed. His compassion and love is just the same for me when I was doing this or when I was doing that but it's our actions of what we do that separates us from the love and compassion of a father to bring us back into that place. He sees us this morning, each and every one of you that know Jesus as a saviour with that robe of righteousness on. He's given you the, 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 the crown of beauty instead of ashes. He's fitted our feet with the shoes of the gospel of peace. Because of his compassion and his love for his church.
the same compassion and love that the church needs. As we've read this morning in different scriptures of a people who are sick, of a people who are without a shepherd, of a people who are struggling, for a people who are with illnesses. Sickly masses, the helpless crowds, the hungry people, the blind men, the waiting father. It's the same compassion. So let us go this morning, church, with the source of what God is doing in us, the excitement of what God is doing in this place, is one filled with his compassion. A compassion that we can take with us wherever we go. So I ask you this morning, let's just stand before God. You know, sometimes there's a time to praise and shout, but sometimes there's that place just to be be still and know that I'm God. As we close our eyes and just focus upon Jesus, allow him, allow the Holy Spirit to just fill you afresh with a compassion this morning. It doesn't come from struggling, it just comes from a relationship. Because of his compassion and love for us. He gives that to us anyway. It's like a crown, it says, is it not? A crown and a robe that he's put on us. And Father God, I pray as you, Holy Spirit, as you impart this morning that compassion. Help us to go from this place, Lord, with a people of, uh, to be a people of compassion. As you are compassionate to us, Lord. That we see the needs that we're able to give to others what you have given to us. So we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honour, and we say, Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.